Welcome to AHS Counselor Conversations, a podcast where we explore issues related to mental health, college and career preparation, adolescent development, and anything else connected to maximizing our students' health, happiness, and hopes for the future. Hi there. Thanks for joining us for the fifth episode of AHS Counselor Conversations. I'm Abby Asphal, counselor for the class of 2020, and I'm joined today by Teresa Schumann. Hello. And Judy Fieldhouse. Hello. Our two academic deans. Judy and Teresa are here to talk about how you can support your daughter as she makes choices about which classes she would like to select for her upcoming year at Assumption. First, I'd like to start with you guys just giving us a little bit of an overview of the course selection and registration process. Well, our registration process, um, as we tell the students, is that time of year when their teachers and their counselors and we, their deans, talk to them about their uh, class selection for the following year. Um, We look at uh, requirements that they need to take. We look at their choices for electives and uh, levels that they may choose in each one of those. And it runs from January. We started uh, really the second day we got back from Christmas break and runs until uh, late February, right before we go into mission week. So it's a pretty extensive process. Yes, and uh, we begin it at the beginning of the semester because we ask them to use all the resources available to them, including their standardized test scores, which show maybe their strengths and places where they might be ready for some additional challenge. Uh, Additionally, something I certainly didn't know when I was a math teacher here is that our master schedule is made solely on the requests of our students, Uh, whether that is their levels, whether that is their elective choices, Uh, We don't make our teacher assignments or even hire teachers until we know for sure exactly which courses these students have chosen. So it is very important that they make wise choices uh, for our master schedule to work. One of the things that we do to help them do that is, as well as giving them an overview of the process, during class meetings, teachers uh, from all of the different departments have been going in to talk to them about what their options are as far as electives are concerned. And we've also provided resources to them in directing them to the course catalog for the 1920 school year. And we are getting ready to launch the 2021 course catalog for them uh, to be able to review, to help pick the classes and get as much information about those uh, core requirements and electives that they'll be choosing. It's been very exciting as Ms. Schumann and I have both been getting emails from students saying, uh, can I come see you, as you mentioned, when you came to our class meeting uh, to talk about my four-year plan, uh, which we love to hear that and have them come see us and asking specific questions about courses in that course catalog, which we also ask them to do. So uh, we are very thrilled that they heard us about this process and seem to be excited. Can you all share a few of the resources that are available to help students as they choose their courses? Uh, Certainly. Uh, As we mentioned, we've already been into their class meetings at the beginning of the semester, uh, and they were listening to us, so we're very happy about that. Uh, But next, most importantly, come their classroom teachers. Uh, Right around winter break, each of their core department teachers, so especially their math, their science, their social studies, and English teachers, will be talking to them about which level they recommend for their courses for the following year. Uh, So that is when a student uh, may be told from their teacher, you're doing great, you're exactly where you need to be, so I recommend a similar level. next year or a teacher might say have you considered moving up a level Uh, so that's something that the student may uh, want to look at and think what does that level up look like 
uh, for a particular subject. So they want to uh, really listen to those teacher conversations and then be sure to come home and, and share that information with you so that you all can have that conversation together. So that's a very exciting time that happens right around our winter break. So the classroom teachers obviously are looking at the decision-making process from the perspective of that department and what comes next in that departmental area for the student. Um, other resources who are available to help students look at the big picture um, of how do all those puzzle pieces go together, not only for the next year, but potentially for years following that, uh, one of the number one resources would be our fabulous uh, guidance department. Uh, the girls' uh, class-level counselor can do a great job um, meeting with, helping them do decision-making, looking at using the long-term planning guide to uh, potentially plan out what might I want these four years to look like um, and what might I need to do to accomplish those things that I want to do over four years um, and looking at what their decisions might mean in terms of their outside lives a little bit. And then we can certainly help with that as their academic deans as well. Um, we're available, as Judy said, for individual appointments if students seek them out. And then we will also be in the cafeteria in, uh, in, in study halls to talk to students about any questions that they may have um, in the days leading into the final registration process. And our most comprehensive uh, resource is our course catalog, which is found on our webpage. Uh, it has every course listed by departments. It lists all of the prerequisites. It lists what grades it's available to. Lots of times we're asking students, so have you looked at the course catalog? And they really haven't. They've talked to their friends, uh, which friends are a fine resource, but probably not the best resource for this uh, job. But that course catalog really uh, lets them see which courses are available uh, in every department, what prerequisites they need to take to take those courses so they can really very purposely fill out that long-range planning guide and not close any doors. Uh, so that is what we want to do in all of those where the teachers are advising them, their guidance counselor, or their academic deans. We want to make sure that any door they still want open by the time they're a senior to take a course is still open. And I'll just hop in with one more um, resource, which would be you all, the parents, um, being able to help your daughter talk through the holistic picture of her life and all the things she may want to keep in mind as she's picking out her courses. So as she conferences with individual teachers about levels and what feels appropriate in that particular subject area, she may get feedback from, you know, five of her teachers that a level move up seems doable for her for the next year for that subject area, but your daughter may not feel like she can handle a move up in five different classes and her demanding sports schedule and her leadership positions that she's in and the volunteer work that she wants to keep up with outside of school. And so I hope that you all can help her contextualize that decision, um, help with the prioritizing. That's not always a great skill that teenagers have, especially in the younger years, they're maybe just now for the first time having to balance all these different things. So helping them look at the big picture when they make those course selections and making sure they make things, make decisions that make sense for them. So sometimes your daughter may come home and say, my teacher did not recommend a level move up, but I really feel like I can handle it. Um, and helping them figure out what to do with that information is totally different. I'm going to let Judy and Teresa talk a little bit about what those next steps would look like. Yes, thanks, Abby. Um, Yes, if a student does come home and say, I think I can move up in this level, but my teacher didn't recommend, maybe ask her that all-important why. Why did your teacher say that you should stay in the same level? And sometimes there are department rules, and it says you have to have a 93 both semesters to be able to move up, but I had a 92. 
uh, that's a really different conversation than if the teacher's like, oh, I'm really worried about your success in that next level. Uh, if she's one of those that had a 92 first semester, is doing great this semester, the teacher projects that she should be able to finish uh, with a strong score and can be successful in the next level, we will be happy to make that change uh, after grades are finalized. We can do that uh, for those students. However, if it's a levels move up that the teacher said, I'm concerned because maybe you have some holes um, in the courses that you've taken leading up here, or uh, I'm worried maybe about your little bit of a work ethic, you've had some missing assignments. That's a whole different conversation. Uh, we do have a process for that. We have an appeal form a student can fill out that we'd ask the parent also to sign that says, I am signing up for a course that is not at the recommendation of my teacher. The thing you really need to read on that paper is before we will let you undo that appeal or, or not have that levels move up, you have to do lots of things. You have to have uh, gotten extra help from your teacher. You need to have maybe gotten outside resources to fill those holes. And uh, you really need to carefully consider that if you're going to fill out that appeal for a course that your teacher did not recommend. Because there is a possibility, um, as you noted, we create the master schedule based on what students' requests are. And in some instances, we have found situations where students have wanted to make a levels move because the course didn't work out as they believed that it would. And we are always thrilled. We tell the girls, when you make an appeal, it's always our hope that the recommendation was wrong and you are right. You know, we always want that to be that we always want that to be the case. But if the recommendation actually ends up being correct and a levels move um, is needed, the master schedule will sometimes prevent that. So we want everybody to be to be on the same page looking at that. The other piece is sometimes, whether it's recommended or not, the, the teacher recommends it or the appeal is made, when a student makes the levels move, they will get into a class and particularly at the beginning of the year and the first uh, first few weeks of a course feel overwhelmed by the new expectations or the pace of the course um, and will want to jump ship pretty quickly <laughs> and make a and make a levels move and will come in and talk with us about that um, and just a little bit uh, different from freshman from freshman year um, where as Judy said we might make that levels change a little bit more quickly for a student because we didn't know them as well. What we really want to help our girls do is stick with it because as they're making a, a change uh, in decision about moving to a new level for more challenge, they, they know us. They know what that expectation is. We want to help them develop their skills and resources. So we don't make those levels changes anywhere nearly as quickly. We work with the girls to help them stick with it. And that, that is a little bit different and something we want you to be aware of as you're helping them think about the possibilities of levels changes. So as you can tell, this is certainly a, a big conversation that uh, we need you to have with your daughter uh, and not one of those the night before it's due <laughs> where they're asking you for a $225 check and please sign this at 11 p.m. Um, so please mark something out on your calendar now that you can sit down and say, let's look at that course catalog. Let's look at your four-year planning guide. Uh, before we get on the computer, let's see what your teachers are recommending. Uh, so we know that you can do that. As Abby mentioned, you have to look at that big picture. Uh, sometimes students are end up getting a job, and so you need to see how are you going to balance uh, this level of courses with the job we know you're going to have for junior and senior year, uh, in addition to all those other things that Abby mentioned. So uh, you have a, a big job ahead of you here uh, in the next month in this registration process as well. All right, now we're going to move on to a section we like to call Mythbusters and Mistakes Not to Make. <laughs> Uh, okay, I, there are just so many myths uh, surrounding AP and DC courses. Uh, your daughters are very lucky that we have so many options there for them. Uh, we have well over 30 options for them to take a dual credit course. 
uh, which is a course that is offered because we have a partnership with either JCTC, University of Louisville, or WKU, those are our current partnerships, where we have a qualified teacher in our building teaching a course that that university has said, you know what, this is a college level course. They can earn credit on one of our transcripts so they can transfer to pretty much any school uh, that will accept that. And then we also offer AP courses, which are courses from the college board that our teachers go to training uh, to learn to teach, and then they take a test in May. And if they earn a qualifying score of three or above, the colleges can choose, here's what we will give you for that test score. Uh, so we do have lots of those options on what they can do as far as earning college credit while still here at Assumption. Uh, the myths involve uh, that, oh yes, this is gonna have you graduate early, or this is gonna do all kinds of things, or it won't transfer out of state. Uh, you really need to research each individual school your daughter is thinking about. Even if you're listening to this as a freshman, uh, registering for sophomore year and your daughter has no idea, pick a couple schools, pick a state school, pick an out-of-state school, pick that dream school, and you can go on their website and see what are their requirements, number one, to make sure that they aren't requiring extra things such as uh, additional year of fine arts or additional things. Our graduation requirements are very rigorous, so we rarely have a student trying to apply to a school where they have not met the graduation requirements, but some out-of-state schools have different um, focuses. Uh, so they, that could be a case. So just have them research that to see, will this dual credit transfer? Uh, will this AP earn me some credit because everything is always up to the receiving institution? Uh, so that's kind of fun too. At least I think that's fun to research those options. Uh, one of the myths that uh, really is pertains to juniors who are picking senior year courses um, really is a, a myth that I think uh, harkens back to uh, maybe 25 years ago when I was choosing a college um, when people would say things to me like, oh, you know, those junior year courses were the ones that really mattered. Those are the last grades that your uh, the schools are going to see. Uh, enjoy your senior year. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be challenging. It all rolls into that senior slide myth uh, that that is something that naturally happens senior year. One of the things that we work hard with our students uh, to make sure that they understand is that senior slot is a myth at Assumption High School. Uh, it really, uh, it really shouldn't happen here. We want them to work hard so that they are have an easy time and have robust uh, and and strong brains going into their uh, first years of college, so that they're prepared to do well there. But more importantly than that, uh, part of that myth would be that. Or colleges don't pay attention to the classes that seniors are taking, and that is not true. Their courses are listed uh, for senior year on their transcripts. So not only will they see the courses and, uh, that students have taken freshman, sophomore, and junior year, and the grades they've earned in those courses, but also the decisions that they've made about how they want to grow as a student their senior year. It's part of the story that they create about themselves that the trained college admission professional can take a look at and see who is this student and who is she going to be on our campus? How does she want to, how does she want to grow as a student? So I think that um, that whole idea of senior year courses don't matter is, is a huge one um, that we want to work to dispel in the Assumption community. Um, a mistake that students seem to like to make, our students love their teachers. Uh, they have such great relationships with their teachers. And so students will often choose a course because they're like, yes, I'm going to take that course next year because I know Miss Smith teaches it and I want to be in her class. Well, you know what? Since we don't make the master schedule till they have given all of their choices, Miss Smith may not be teaching that class next year. So be real careful that what you are choosing is really what you want to take. 
uh, and not just a teacher that you think is going to be teaching it. Uh, that also goes with the alternates that you list on your registration form. Uh, alternates do matter. Uh, we look at that, again, when staffing, and sometimes a student will get her schedule back and it will have an alternate in place of another course that didn't fit in her schedule or that didn't run. So very, very carefully choose those alternates because they do matter and be real careful about choosing a course because you think it's going to be a particular teacher because those things certainly change from year to year. Just as we love that our students are relational with their teachers, uh, we love that they are relational with each other and that that is such an important thing uh, for their high school experience is their sense of community. Um, but one of the things that we are using as a new mantra with our <laughs> girls this year is friends don't let friends copy their uh, schedule choices. Um, and we have said to them in class meeting, if your friend asks you, can I see your list of classes so that I can make it mine, that they should absolutely not do that. Um, the most disappointed students that Judy and I have in our offices during drop ad, um, during each semester are students who have based the choices that they've made either on that teacher, like Judy was talking about, or on their friend's schedule. And then they are dumbfounded to discover that those friends are not in their classes. Um, and we just don't want that for them. We want them picking classes that are really going to help them. And we know that's what you want to. So please make sure that you ask, why are you taking these courses uh, with your girls? Parents, thank you again for tuning in to the fifth episode of AHS Counselor Conversations. If you have any questions or need some feedback on some of the topics that we discussed, you are welcome to reach out to Judy or Teresa. Judy Fieldhouse works with students with the last names A through K, and Teresa Schumann works with students with the last names L through Z. Or you can reach out to your daughter's class counselor. That would be Jennifer Ruckriegel, who is working with the freshman class, Don DeWeese, who works with the sophomores, Kristen Walsh, who works with our juniors, and then me, Abby Asphal, who works with the senior class. We would welcome your questions. And as always, if you have any feedback generally about the podcast or ideas for future topics for discussion, you can always email us at guidancepodcast at ahsrockets.org. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next month.